Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Megan Luther and Parnell Quinn from us coming over from Colorado, sitting out there with the snow. Um, we're kind of in the same spot out here in Seattle. We don't have as much snow, obviously, but getting in there. And so Megan and Parnell are with the Simple Life team. They are, they've done everything, which is great because I love to see breadth of experience, but they're really here to talk about resort investing, which is something that we, I don't think we've ever had on the show. So I am super excited. Megan, Parnell, thank you guys very much for hopping on the show. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I told you guys before we got on here, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. You guys are into resort investing, so this is super unique. I'd like to hear your story. Why don't you take us to the beginning? How'd you guys get started? Yeah, so uh, I got brought into real estate when I was a kid. Grandpa left New York, went to Colorado, got out of law, went into real estate. Dad got a funny itch one day and decided we were moving to Winter Park. So when we were when I was around 12, he moved us up to Winter Park and we started working in the resort markets. Cool. So that's how I got into real estate. Right. Keep it short for us today. Yeah. Parnell's third generation, and we actually have his nephew that works for us. So fourth generation as well, oh, nice. keeping that alive. Um, I got into real estate. I actually lived with Parnell's sister down in Denver um, mm. after I uh, moved out here from college. And we came up to Winter Park like every weekend. And this small town was more my speed. And Parnell needed help in real estate. So that was my first introduction to it back in 06. Nice. I love it. So you guys, uh, and since then, it sounds like you guys have been, you've been around the block. You guys have your agents, your developers, you've done pretty much everything, but it's all kind of focused around this uh, resort idea of investing. Um, So let's kind of dive into that. Apologies. Um, (laughs) When you say resort investing, are you talking, just kind of unpack that a little bit for us. What do you mean by uh, investing in resorts? Sure. So, so when you're in resort investing is different because there's different types of product you can get. So you can condos, townhomes, houses, those are all the same, right? Um, in all areas, the difference is in a resort, you got to find the ones that people are going to rent out the most because most of your investment is short-term rental, not long-term rental. There is the long-term rental avenue. And then there's the actual resort type stuff like RV parks that you can sell, um, vacant land that you help develop into a new RV park or storage units or um, what's the, the latest and greatest things? Um, commercial space that they're trying to get going uh, after COVID, right? That's been a tough thing for folks. So, in the resort market, you got to really look at more than just the location and the return because it's what's going to happen in the next five, 10, 15 years is where you really got to look forward to. So, that's some of right. the advice. And then, less conventional things to consider in normal real estate, right? It's like school districts are really important and, you know, proximity to your job or whatever. Well, this is a destination. So, what amenities can you offer? And then, numbers play a huge role because it needs to work for people. You need to, that return on investment needs to make sense. Yep. So when you're when you're talking about resorts, we're talking about specific MSAs that have something that brings other people to that location. Um, right. So I know resort it it's kind of a generic term. Um, it can be applied to a lot of different different areas. 
Right. Uh, do you guys, it sounds like you're in Colorado, obviously Coloradoans, you guys love to ski, you love your snow. Yeah. So I'm assuming when you say resorts, what you guys focus on is the snow-based resorts, you know, skiing, that kind of stuff. Correct. Cause that's what we know. That's yeah. what we do up here. Um, there are three lakes up here and we do sell properties around that, which are a different person buys those. It's, it's interesting when you meet the people that want to live on a lake versus the people that want to live by the ski area. They're, you know, the, economically they might be the same, but um, personalities are completely different. Yeah. Grand County is really unique because we do have the ski hill. Obviously we have a mountain right like out our window. Um, so skiing is a huge draw downhill biking in the summers is a big thing, but we're the headwaters of the Colorado river as well up here in Grand County. So river rafting's huge. Fly fishing's huge. We have trail systems. So yeah. And then Parnell mentioned the lakes as well. So we've got a broad spectrum of resort type activities that draw people to our area, which is really neat. Yeah. Right. And yeah. to help your listeners out, you know, uh, when you look around a golf course, right? So most people have seen golf courses or been on one, but you, the houses right on the golf course are worth more money. And then as you step back, they get less and less. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean the ones on the golf course are going to rent the best because a lot of people want a little privacy in the golf course being right on it takes away that privacy. So when they're up for the weekend to have a good time, they don't want the people on the golf course seeing what they're doing. So you got to kind of weigh that in with on how you're going to figure out which the best investment for the group that's buying it and then how they're going to use the property. Yeah. And I'm assuming like the most, probably the most uh, popular uh, asset that you'd be investing in, in a resort area is short-term rentals, Um, single family houses that are just, geared up to be a short-term rental um i do own i own one at one property in a resort town hot springs arkansas i don't know yeah. if you call it a resort town people do call it a resort town Absolutely, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a self-storage facility um i have found and i know i don't want to extrapolate my one experience to everything out there but i have found that um there's more you know there, there's plus sizes sides and downsides to resort areas um, there can be a lot of demand in peak seasons for that area. Like like during the summer in Hot Springs, we find that we just get tons of inquiries. Um, but there's also the downside, which is during the slow seasons, there is virtually zero demand. And I found that there's a lot more vandalism in those type of areas. Is that the same kind of thing that you guys are seeing? Yeah, we don't see that as much yeah. um, we used to like when Parnell was here back in the day and it was really just the ski resort that brought everybody. You we used to have spring and fall that was just completely dead ghost town, mm-hmm. right? Like those off seasons. Like the restaurants would shut down because nobody oh, wow, was here. Wow. Even the locals didn't go out because there was just nobody here. Yeah, that's changed in probably the past 10 years. It's yeah. gotten way more consistent. So, and the variety of activities that we have in our area, you know, it's not just the ski hill, right? It's, we do, we have hot springs as well. And then the lakes, like we were talking about before. So that variety of activity um, tends to keep us busier now year round. Yeah. And the investment that's come in, like big groups, the Aspen bought the management rights to the Winter Park Ski Resort. So Mm -hmm. they're doing a ton of development down there. They have long-term plans and that's helped our area a lot. So, you know, the the nice thing about cold areas, we don't have as much vandalism because if it happens, it's only in the summertime and it's usually not anything major. And being in a small town, most locals still know each other up here. Um, other big resort areas, yes, they have the same problems, but the vandalism's gotten a lot less um, because of the Airbnb type rentals that people are doing now. 
mm-hmm. and people are getting smarter and they're doing three month rentals. So a corporate escape, you can work from anywhere. Well, I'm going to go to winter park. I, I can't afford the high ski month, but I can take April, May, and June and be in a nice quiet area, right? Or I can come in September, October, November, and I can rent those three months. So that way of opening up different rentals and really looking at all the advantage points of where you can, um, find renters is one of the key things in the in the market and it's tough to do and um storage units are huge in resort areas yeah it yeah. is crazy <laughs> how how many storage units there need to be and how many are being used yeah um it is uh, it's a good business to be in in those areas for sure yeah um so i'm just trying to think about this from the perspective of an investor who has not yet invested in a resort area but they want to um you guys live in a resort area so it's it makes sense you probably started out where you live um but if you are say like myself i live in seattle definitely not a resort area uh but i love i love snowboarding um and so it'd be awesome to own something that's in a you know some place that has some well, I guess we do. Seattle does have a, a ski lift pretty pretty close to us. But let's say I wanted to buy you know buy something on an area out there in Colorado. How do I choose the market that I'm investing in? What are the specific criteria that you guys look at when you are deciding on um, a resort town, a resort yes you know, so- asset? Yes. The first thing we start on is your budget, and we try to keep you below your budget because there's no sense owning a investment property that's going to drain you of money, right? They're supposed to be making you a profit. So we look at your budget, make sure that you're buying something that will float for you. And if you get in trouble, you're able to keep it without too much of an issue. You know, like if COVID happens again, and you're not allowed to go to the ski resorts, you got to be able to fund that money for that period of time. But what we look at is cash on cash return. What's your total taxes at the end of the year? So we go through, we can go through all your documents for you and say, okay, here's your write-off for the property. Here's your tax deductions. Here's your rental income that you should get. This is the estimate from uh, Air DNA. Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? Yeah. They're pretty accurate about this stuff now. So we show them all those numbers and then we give them the alternative. If it all goes to hell, what can you make long-term? Will it mm-hmm. cover the nut? Yep. Right. And if it does, then that's a, that's a good buy for you. If it doesn't, then we got to go look at something cheaper or something you can put more money down on so that the, the rates work, you know, and this giant jump in interest rates is really um, throwing a lot of people off their track with buying their investment properties. Um, yeah, that's because that three to seven percent was too fast, right? But anyway, a lot that <laughs> ate up all the profits. Yeah. Um, the other thing to consider is just how they want, how you would want to use it, right? Like we could, we get a lot of second homeowners that come up in the area as well. So that investment is different than somebody who just wants to rent it out cover costs, make a profit, and you know, they're never going to use it. So we we have to balance that and figure out what people are actually trying to do. Yep. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. And then um, if, if you're looking at like an RV park or something like that, just because you mentioned that we have a couple locations up here that would be ideal for RV parks. Um, when you're looking at those, it's, you know, what, what can you make in the summertime? Because the wintertime, you're not going to have a whole lot of uh, nightlies or weeklies. Um, you might have to fill it up for the whole winter with long-term people that stay there all winter. So those are things that you got to balance out where other RV parks, they'll stay busy year round. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, I just took a peek at the clock. We are running, running out our time for this initial interview <laughs> section. But before we jump into the quick question round, 
you guys, uh, when you submitted your form, the title that you said is how to earn 100000 in your first year in real estate. We haven't even touched on that. So I have to ask, yep. what is your advice to make that first 100000 for new investors just getting into real estate? Uh, to team up. Find other investors that are smaller like you are and go team up on, on a property. Look for a fourplex and above. Don't If you buy anything less than a fourplex, you're going to get in trouble because it doesn't rent out one unit, then you, you can't cover the mortgage. Less doors is more volatile, right? Yeah. Like it's riskier. So, yeah. and I'd say get a group of people together, get five or 10 of your friends together and, and invest that way. Yeah. Leverage the people, you know, and collaborate for sure. Everybody wants to do it themselves. Right. But it's like, if you can, if you've got a group of five buddies from high school, college work, whatever it is, um, just make sure you have a solid partnership agreement. Everything's really laid out and dialed in, but go in it together and yeah, grab those four plexes, eight plexes, 16 units, 20 units. That's when it starts making sense. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't, uh, agree with that more. And I like that you said less doors is actually worse because that is always what I say. And I, when I first got into self-storage, I, uh, I bought smaller facilities because I thought that would reduce my risk. And that is not the case ever. Uh, the smaller you go, the more risk there is because your gross revenue is reduced. And which means if you have any issues that run, run up in the property, that profit that you had projected is going to be eaten up very quickly. So yeah. I like that you said that don't start small, start big. Um, and that rounds it out. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. You guys ready? Yeah, sure. let's do it. Starts <laughs> with books. I'm a big bookie. So give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. Cool. We read a lot of um, business books and stuff. So I really like Grant Cardone and his group Cardone Ventures. Um, so Seller Be Sold was a really good one for me as far as a business book goes. And then Natalie uh, Dawson wrote a book called Teamwork. So it's like really practical application about how you build out a team. I found those ones to be like the most, had the most effect on me most recently. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I like the the Grant Cardone books, but um, I'm reading right now The Power of One More. Ed Milet. Yeah. Ed Milet wrote it. That's a good book. Um, the other one is Grip or Traction. And those are both on how to build your business if you're looking for something different. But that The Power of One More is really good. The super impactful real estate specific book I would say for people starting out is um, Michael Mayer's Seven Levels of Communication. That one's awesome as well. Focuses on relationships, right? That's what this business is all about. Absolutely. Relation or business and real estate specifically is all based on relationships. All great recommendations. Thank you guys. Um, moving us on. This is this next question is for your younger self. So let's go back in time and go to your younger self who was just getting started out in real estate. Go to them, look them in the eye, and give him give them one piece of advice moving forward. Yeah. Um, what what I'd say is I wouldn't go back to my younger self. I'd just go to myself today and I would tell myself the same thing. Find the best invest, find the best people to invest with and start that, like we mentioned before, start a team. We've um we've been working with a guy, Michael Kent, and we've got a 10-acre lot that we're going to turn into 200 units. And we've got um a couple other investments with friends that we put together. So we own a fourplex with friends. So find a group of people you can trust and, and start building that collaboration. I love it. Megan? Yeah, I would just say, don't be afraid to team up. Um, you know, I'm a very type A, like analytical person, and I want to know all the information and get everything like dialed in. 
I would say to just find the right person to team up with, like build that group out to Parnell's point and, and you can build so much faster and grow so much bigger when you have the right people in your corner. Love it. What's that quote? Uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with uh, go with others, something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> Good, uh, good quote and good advice. Uh, moving us on, this next one. Oh, I lost my spot. There we go. Superman strength, superwoman strength. Uh, every single one of us is given strengths that we uniquely give this world. What is your guys's superwoman, superman strength? Go first. Oh man, superwoman strength. I attention to detail. I guess it would maybe be if you want to call it a strength. It can be a detriment as well. But um, I'm a really big contract nerd, and I like to make sure that um, people we work with are protected. And you know, you never know what can happen in a real estate deal. So being solid on that front is critical. And my my superpower is seeing the angle in something. Yeah, your that, creativity. My creativity on, yeah. with a project or an issue, um, getting people to where they need to go without the conflict, right? So find that angle. That's that's my superpower and stuff. Parnell has the ability to think like all around the box, you know, not just, <laughs> it's really cool, actually, the stuff he's been able to accomplish. <laughs> it sounds like you guys are, uh, are a good match. You got one person who has the attention to detail, one person who's big picture. So yeah. they always uh, fit well together. Awesome, um, and I like, uh, Megan, that you said, you know, you, you questioned whether it was a strength or a weakness. Often our strengths are the obverse of our weaknesses. They kind of come from each other. So um, makes a lot of sense. Moving us on, though, we're going to the next question. This is United States. It's a big space, a lot of opportunity out there, a lot of square miles. So give me one metro you guys are most excited about investing in today. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't I like investing where we are, to be honest with you, because one, it's what I know. And also I've seen, and you've seen more of it, but it come from very little to now it's just starting to blow up. Like you used to, if you lived in this area, you had to have two, three or four jobs. And now people can actually build one solid career because this area is like the, the last discovered ski area in Winter Park or in Colorado, excuse me. I like to joke about Winter Park like that, but it kind of is. And it's exciting what is, is going to happen in our area. Yeah, I, I would agree. i I like the the area we're in, but if I was to move into somewhere, uh, Boulder or Golden would be a place. Those are two towns just down. Both have resort um, things to them, but those are two areas that are really starting to pick up some steam on um, more people moving into them. People getting because Boulder's a beautiful area and, and people escape there. Golden is like a less expensive Boulder, so it's <laughs> Golden's a good place to go. Nice. Yeah, I've heard uh, really good things about Boulder. My um, when I was back in corporate, one of my old, uh, my old boss, he went. Did he go? Is there a, col a college in Boulder? I yeah. think there yeah. is. Yeah, right? see yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He went there. He uh, he always he was crazy about that place. So he's a boss. So, How does he feel about Deion Sanders coaching now? <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't uh, I haven't talked to him football for a while. So. Um, but I've heard good things about Boulder. Good area. Uh, moving us on, though. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So this is about mentors. Who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your guys' career today? Uh, Brandon Dawson has probably been the biggest influencer on me lately. Um, he's really helped refine what we're doing, uh, his whole group. Um, so that's been awesome for us. Yeah, I 
piggyback on that too. Yeah, Brandon and then his wife Natalie as well. Yeah, right. So that's uh, Cardone Ventures is their group. They've really helped us grow as business owners, leaders, um, and it's it's they've had a huge impact. All right, shout out to Brandon and did you say Natalie? Yep. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brandon and Natalie. Thank you for helping them to get them where they are today. <laughs> Tongue tied. All right, that moves us to. The second to last question. Um, this is about tools. Tools form the backbone of every business. So what is one tool you guys cannot live without? Um, our CRM. So mm-hmm. we utilize HubSpot. It's It's got a, the potential is limitless. And then I I really like Asana as a project management tool in addition to that. So I, I had two. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's the CRM for me. That's HubSpot. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah, that. <laughs> I've heard uh, good things about HubSpot. You really, like I, I actually said that on the last po- podcast too, is I should need to change that question because everybody says their CRM and that is the right answer. You cannot live without your CRM. Um, and uh, I should probably just change it to what CRM do you use? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. That leads us to the very last question. Um, you guys given have given us a lot of good advice, a lot of things to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out and get in contact with you. What is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, we're on Instagram a lot. So it's The Simple Life Colorado. And then Parnell's also just, it's his name, Parnell Quinn. So kind of, we pay attention to that a bit. Yeah, if you type in Parnell Quinn, you most likely will get me in the Google. <laughs> All right, Parnell Quinn, and then The Simple Life Colorado, and also thesimplelifecolorado.com. I'll put that in the show notes. So if you guys want to reach out to Megan and Parnell, just click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description. And in there, you can find their URLs. Right on. Well, Megan Parnell, that wraps it up. Thank you guys very much for hopping on the show. Awesome. Thank Thank you. you. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.